Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. Rebecca from simplyrebecca.com is co-hosting with me this week. And her Awesome of the Week inspires us to tell some stories about pregnancy announcements. We both go on and on about how much we love the Voxer app. And then we offer our sort of crunchy opinions on oil pulling and the no-poo approach to hair care. Finally, we discuss setting boundaries for ourselves with the entertainment we consume. All of that coming up in Episode 9 of Sorta Awesome. We have such a fun show for you today, and we have so much to cover, so we are just going to jump right in. I'm here with Rebecca, our pop culture guru, who is going to get us started with Awesome of the Week. I am so ready for the Awesome of the Week. This week, I am featuring a parody that was done by Andrea and Chad Chapman. Yes. They did a parody to Miley Cyrus's song, We Can't Stop. Do you know that song? I do know the song. I do. Okay. I, I don't know a lot of Miley music. I have to. I have to confess, but I do know. Can't stop. Well, for those who don't know, and I, Megan, I really do not want to sing on your podcast. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. <laughs> but for those who don't know, I mean, the song kind of sounds a little bit something like, and we can't stop. La da 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 yes. da 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 da. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like <laughs> the guy in the background who's like do 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 do. Except he's like saying things. I don't know. Uh, we don't want Miley to sue us. So no, please um, don't. Miley, please. I know you're listening. Please don't yes, sue. She loves us, doesn't she? <laughs> she thinks we're fantastic. Yes. Okay. So that's the song. We can't stop. And Andrea and Chad Chapman uploaded this to YouTube on April 10th of just like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it went viral. It has over 2,100,000 views. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That is, yeah. yeah, I would say that's viral. Okay. So the way that they spun this parody, they changed all the words. They kept the, they kept the music, but they changed the words. They made this little music video. And it's like, we can't stop having babies. <laughs> it's adorable. So it's a so, pregnancy announcement. Is that right? Right. Well, here's, here's the thing. They have two girls. Their, their first pregnancy was twins, twin girls. Aww. And they said that they just Everybody was super excited for them. And then a few years later, they had another little boy. And again, everybody was so excited for them. Well, they're pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And I guess they haven't received quite the enthusiasm Mm. that they have. People are like, oh, 
we thought you were done. Yeah. This is a big family. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know how that happens, right? Oh, my <laughs> you gosh. Know? You know, comments like that. Yes. So as a kind of, you know, like, mind your own business, they <laughs> made this parody, We Can't Stop Having Babies. And it's just adorable. Oh, so adorable. So there's, I actually have five reasons why I love this. Number one, okay. And Andrea does the singing all herself. They didn't like hire somebody else to do it. Wow. And I read that she, um, she studied voice in college and she's phenomenal. She does such a good job. Number two reason I like it is that the parody itself is really well done. I mean, the camera quality, the audio quality, and I'm a little bit of like a YouTube snob, you know, I like uh-huh. to watch. You uh-huh. are. Yes. <laughs> It's so well done. So the production value is there with this. Yes, yes. I mean, because, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, um, you know, YouTube is full of parodies. Right. Some of them don't have the best production values, so. Right. Okay. No, it's it's really good. So number three reason why I like it, and these are all the superficial reasons why I like it, Mm -hmm. but number three, Andrea is really freaking cool like she has this hip hairstyle this that I could never pull off bright red lipstick she's got tattoos I mean she just like looks cool she's like cool mom to the extreme and I kind of want to be her ah whoa (laughs) I'm so not her (laughs) not at all there's nowhere I'm nowhere close so the fourth reason why I love it is it celebrates like this stage of young parenthood mm. and they acknowledge that, you know, this is hard. This is a hard stage, it but it's hard. wonderful. Yeah. So the song starts out and the first verse they say, sippy cups and little bodies everywhere, hands in the air like we don't care because we're having so much fun now. So we're going to have another one now. Oh, isn't that so sweet? Cute. Yes. And so then later cute. they say, can't you see it's we who will be up all night? Can't you see it's we who love this life? Aww. And I feel like they're just saying, yes, this is hard. This is a crazy stage of life. But oh my goodness, these children are so worth it. And they're beautiful and they're fantastic. And we want to have another one. Which yeah. kind of makes me like, oh, do I want to have another one? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't I know. I don't know. <laughs> I think you <laughs> <But> should. <laughs> it's so easy Thank you for that commentary there. It's <laughs> yeah. so easy to focus on, oh, we're up all night. The house is a mess. These kids are driving me nuts. But yeah, it's also wonderful. And I feel like they just do that so well. They yeah. celebrate it. Well. Yeah, so I'm fun. Loving it. I'm so loving it. fun. And then the fifth reason is that for those who didn't know that they were pregnant yet, this is an amazing way to announce a pregnancy. I, I mean, mean, talk about knocking it out of the park, right? Yeah, absolutely. How, That's like, how a, did you tell people? That, well, that I, it never occurred to me to make a YouTube parody. I'll tell you that <laughs> no, much. Of course not. Um, how did we tell people? Shoot. Um, okay, so Daisy, I got pregnant with her in May of 2004. Um, this was before the, you gotta, you gotta take yourself back in time to 2004. Mm -hmm. There was no Facebook. There was no Pinterest. I think we just called people. (laughs) I think we literally called family and emailed friends. There was a lot more emailing in 2004 than there there is now. 
a lot less pressure for that yeah. like Facebook official moment. Yes. Like, what are you going to put on Facebook? So, okay. So then by the time I got pregnant with Eliza, that was early 2007. So things had evolved a little bit, but still social media was not the thing that it is today. So I do remember specifically, I got real into, of course, this was after Daisy was born. I got real into Photoshopping things. Like I had okay. Photoshop elements and I could make stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I took a picture of Daisy. She was two, newly two. And um, she, and so it would, I had gotten pregnant with Eliza at the end of the year. And so it was about Valentine's Day when I was telling people or we were telling people. So I took a picture of her with a sweater. It had hearts all over. It was like a red sweater with white hearts all over. And I sent it out. I made a little Photoshop card. Um, At the time, gosh, I hope I'm remembering this right. I'm such a bad mom. Um, At the time, Kyle was coaching at Texas State, and their mascot is the Bobcats. And so I made a caption on this little Photoshop card that I, I worked up that said something about we'll have a new come next football season, we'll have a new bobcat cub in the family or something like that. And then I took that little Photoshop uh, thing and I just emailed it to friends. Of course, again, we called family. We told them all first. And then uh, friends we emailed. Now with the twins... Well, yeah. How did you tell people? Yes. Did you, did people know that you were (laughs) pregnant before you found out that it was twins? Or were you like, surprise, we're pregnant and it's twins? (laughs) Most of our friends found out that way. So, wow. Well, because I found out that it was twins when we were eight weeks. Like, we hadn't even, we didn't even have a chance to tell people. Um, So, So I actually, even Kyle only got a text from me. <laughs> oh, my word. No, no you, you did not text your husband. I did. Wait, I did. did you text him that you were pregnant and that it was No, crazy? no, no. <laughs> this is insanity. What? Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so tickled about this. It's such a crazy story. Um, okay. Now I'm blushing, too. Y'all can't see me, but for some reason I'm blushing as I... <laughs> Well, this is fascinating, but it's like a train wreck. What is going on? It's a train okay. wreck. Well, what did you text your husband? Uh, well, some parts of it are not safe for a family show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding about that part because Kyle had not gone with me to this doctor's appointment. I didn't think, um, I didn't think we were going to be taking a peek inside. You know, it was eight weeks. I had never had an ultrasound that early. I genuinely thought I was just going to meet my new OB. I had never okay. been seen by her before. We had moved to the city, to Oklahoma City, just a month before, or a couple of months before by this time. And uh, you know, he was working, and I was like, "You don't need to go. I'm just going to go say hi to her. We're just going. We got to talk about some things." And right. So it was while I was there. Uh, meeting my new OB. She was like, well, let's just take a little peek inside and see what's going on in there. And she and her nurse were doing this ultrasound. And um, she was like, and those I've written about this on my blog, but so this might be repeating the story for some of you. But so if you haven't heard the story before, she was just taking a little peek. And as she was looking first, I heard her nurse very audibly go, And so, of course, you know, you're laying there and it's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And I had never had that kind of reaction from a first ultrasound before. horrible. Well, I don't even blame her because, you know, it's like a surprise for everybody. Everyone in the room was surprised. Still. (laughs) It puts you into a panic. Yeah. My OB was like, well, 
both of those little peanuts look good in there. And I was, I mean, I like started to have an out-of-body experience, Rebecca. I was like, what are you talking about? And I started crying and laughing a little bit, but mostly crying. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I like can't even put myself there. All right. That's why I want you to have another one, just so you can just like throw the dice, see what happens. That's oh, what we yeah, did. yeah. You're really selling it. Okay, so oh then my you. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm totally derailing your whole thing here. Um, <laughs> so I was like shaking, like the nurse. Of course, the nurse and, and my OB were like, "We're gonna let you have a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's we'll let you have a minute. Like, get a hold of yourself." <laughs> I was having. A moment I was going through it, Rebecca. I would I had just never been so surprised in my life. So they leave. I'm like getting dressed. I'm like literally my hands are shaking. I pick up my phone and text Kyle the good news. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Um I also texted my best friend who was keeping Daisy and Eliza at the time. She was babysitting. I texted her. I was like, it's twins. And she was like, what? I mean, of course, when you start to tell people that, the first thing that people think really is like, you're kidding. This is a joke or whatever. Of course. And right. I was like, I am 100% serious. We're having twins. And so um, so for most people, uh, okay, only our family and a few very close friends even knew that I was pregnant at that point. So, um, you know, kind of like texted, emailed, called some people in the next few days. And then eventually we're like, I mean, it's, that's a lot of people to tell. And it's a, it's a big announcement. So, um, we just put on Facebook, like, I don't even remember what we said. Just like, we're adding to our family and guess what? It's twins. And that was that. And then uh, on the blog, I, once I did kind of the news settled in, I did kind of get a hold of myself and put up, a, I mean, it's probably the cutest of any of the announcements for any of our children. I remember. It was adorable, this little picture. And I remember, so I was reading the blog, or you even, like, gave me, like, a heads up, like, you guys might want to check out what I wrote. Yeah. And we get to your blog, and there's this picture of you smiling, and you're making, like, this little heart over your belly. And I think, yes. what did you write? Something like, we were busy this summer yes. or something like that. Yes, we've been very busy. <laughs> And then you scroll down and then you're holding the heart on the other side of your belly and you're like really busy. And I like flipped out. (laughs) I can't imagine being like one of your like close personal friends who found out like, surprise, we're pregnant. Surprise, it's twins. Like just, oh my goodness, like all the emotions of that. Yeah. There was a lot of feelings. I bet, I bet. A lot of feelings for everyone. So anyway, I'm so sorry. I've totally derailed this. But what I was going to say is I've never been particularly gifted in like crafting a whole surprise. Like we never did like a gender reveal party for any of our kids. Like we're just kind of, I don't know. We're, I guess we're sort of more matter of fact about that stuff than some people. Now, I don't have, I have no feelings or, you know, uh, opinions about how other people do it. I love a great pregnancy announcement. I just have never really like had that thing where I was like, I'm going to come up with this really super cute way to do it. I just don't, I'm missing that super cute gene, I think is what it is. Well, and I think part of it too is that now that's so much more common and, you know, it it didn't used to be that way. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's hear yours. Yeah. Well, we didn't do anything in like super cute either. I don't think. Um, But for, my daughter, Grace, our first, we actually 
<laughs> we surprised my parents. My parents live in Ohio. It takes us about eight hours to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think Nate and I, we took off Friday or something. We like surprised them for the weekend. We did not tell them that we were coming. Oh, well, that so was we, surprise number one. Yes. So we drove all the way there. We got there before they got home from work. We parked our car behind their barn, went into the house and snuck upstairs and waited in an extra bedroom upstairs for them to come home. And I remember my mom worked like so late that night. We were up there for hours just waiting <laughs> for them to come home. At any point, and you're it, like, hmm, we should maybe we should give them a heads up. They're not even so here. They find- <laughs> So they come home. Everybody's finally home. We're like, okay, okay, okay. So then I got out my cell phone and I called the house. Uh-huh. And I hear, I think it was my dad who answered the phone. And I was like, hey, dad, what you doing? It's Rebecca. Hey, I have something to tell you. Can you like put the phone on speakerphone? Is mom there? And then the speakerphone thing like wasn't working. Like he didn't know how to do it or something. I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, wait, well, can you hear me? This isn't working. You can't hear me. Well, how about I'll just come downstairs. Oh. And then he's like, what? (laughs) I was like, I'm upstairs. I'm going to come down. Yeah. And he's still like. I mean, he, for the at this point, he had been home for at least like two hours, probably. So he's thinking, "What?" Like it just is not sinking in. So like I'm talking on the phone, walking down the stairs, and then as soon as we came into the kitchen and my parents saw us, I was holding this little ultrasound picture, and my, oh my mom gosh. said that she she knew before oh. she even saw the picture. I mean, <laughs> driving eight hours to surprise. I'm lucky though that they didn't like fall over from a heart attack like that's people that, in their house that yeah would scare me to death. <laughs> that's a lot of surprise but that did give me goosebumps just now just to think about it that's yeah, it so sweet. sweet yeah it was fun yeah. and then with Noah the way that we told Nate's family and also my family is we posed for a family picture we were all together uh-huh. and Nate took a video instead of it actually being a picture and then he said okay smile, everybody say, Rebecca's pregnant. And then because it was a video, he was able to record the reaction. Oh. And it, it was it was funny. It was oh, cute. Oh, that's cute. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen that. That's a cute idea. I love yeah, it. it was it was fun. It was a fun way to tell him. But then we didn't really do anything like big and fancy on Facebook, I don't think. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember how we announced it on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like, I don't know, maybe because I'm older. I don't, some people are like, oh, there's so much pressure now with social media. I never really felt the pressure to do it. Like, I will say I did have a small freak out when we found out the twins gender, like just all of a sudden I was like, we should have planned a thing. Like we should have made this into a thing. And it just hadn't occurred to me. And then it was like, we were finding it out and it was too late. (laughs) But if I think gender reveal parties are really adorable, but I don't think I would want to be surprised myself, yeah. like at the party. I yeah. would want to know ahead of time and then reveal it to everybody else. I don't think I could handle the pressure of like finding out and all the emotions that you feel in that moment right. in in front of like such a wide audience. Yeah. Yeah. But we've never found out, which is actually a good thing because they predicted Noah's gender wrong. They thought he was a girl. Because right. Okay. Because here's my thing. Okay. I... <laughs> I like control, and I didn't like the fact that after 
that ultrasound where they could tell you the gender, that the, that moment of being able to find out was like gone forever. So I always had the technician write down the guess and seal it in an envelope. And then I just kept it at home in case I ever changed my mind. Plan B. Plan B. <laughs> exactly. If I need it, I got it. Exactly. <laughs> and so then we opened both of the envelopes after our children were born at the hospital. Yeah. And Noah said it was a girl. Oh, my gosh. That so that sealed the deal for me. Yes. I, I, I will I would never find out because yeah. it's it's just it's fun. It's a fun surprise. But it is fun. anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. we can't stop having babies, can't the parody. Stop. Everybody has to watch it. It's so adorable. It'll make you excited about children and pregnancies and announcements and just really good parodies and it's so cute. You have to watch okay. it. Okay. Well, if you're one of the two million if you're not one of the two million people who has already seen the Starling pregnancy announcement, that will be in the show notes. Yeah, so, get on it. Uh, sort of awesome. Megan.tumblr.com is where you can find all of the show notes for every episode. So I will be sure to put a link to that Darling video in today's show notes. So that was really awesome. That was fantastically awesome. And uh, that was so fun. I don't think we've ever really talked through pregnancy announcements so much. So... Yeah, that was, that was adorable. I can't believe you texted your husband. It was twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're funny. The most so life-changing now, text ever. Um, oh, that's for sure. <laughs> now, tell me, Megan. Yeah. What is your awesome of the week? Awesome of the week for me is something I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing a two-in-one today. This is something I've been meaning to talk about for awesome of the week. And then... We just got a listener question on this. Somebody asking about Voxer. And mm. so, yeah, we've talked about it. You and I have talked about it. I think I've, I think I've probably mentioned it on several of our episodes. But since somebody asked, one of our listeners uh, submitted a question saying that um, – that they're, uh, they have a friend who's getting ready to move away. And could you talk a little bit more about Voxer? How does that work? Is it a good way to keep in touch with people? And I was like, is it ever? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. I can't believe I didn't think of this for my awesome of the week. Because Voxer is like the awesome of my life. Like, I can't awesome believe I didn't think of this. of my life. That's a great quotable from Rebecca. <laughs> that, that really sums you up in a nutshell. <laughs> it really does. I love it so much. Okay, but okay, tell yeah. me all the reasons why you love it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Well, just, just, let me just back up because I know that there are plenty of people who are not even familiar with what, what Voxer is uh, to begin with. So Voxer is an app. Here I am talking about another app. You would think I live on my phone, but I promise that I don't. Um, but the purpose or the sort of way, best way I can think of to explain Voxer, it's like voicemail and texting got together. And they had a baby, speaking of babies. Mm, and their sweet little baby is Voxer because the way it works is you send voice messages to people. So it's got that voicemail component. But like a walkie-talkie. It's like a walkie-talkie. In fact, I think I think Voxer sort of brands itself as being a walkie-talkie. But the great thing is, you do not have to listen to the messages left for you live. Like they're just they're stored right. there for you in the app, and you can go and listen to them when it's convenient for you. And since I have a lot of children and a lot of voices in my ear all day, I don't. I usually don't have time for phone calls. Also, I have weird phone phobia and phone anxiety issues where I don't really like to talk on the phone, but I do love to hear my friends' voices and I love to uh, have, you know, like real voice conversations with people. But because of the sort of text aspect of it, 
my friends who I'm leaving all these Vox messages for can listen to it at their convenience and then reply back, whether it's that same day or maybe it's next week. Who knows? It doesn't matter because the the, the message is out there and we can just carry on the conversation when it, whenever it's convenient for both of us. So it is an app I use every single day. I, so I'm, I'm calling it my awesome of the week, but like you, um, it's something that has been a pretty big awesome in my life for I cannot even remember how long I've been on there now. Like, oh, it's oh, it's phenomenal. So, um, people have asked me, like, well, who do you talk to um, on Voxer? Because it's kind of one of those things I talk about in real life a lot too. Because I'm always trying to get people <laughs> to get on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, to start with, I mean, I talk to you on there a lot. Yes. I talk to Kelly. I talk to Laura. Um, I talk to my sisters. I have a sister who lives in Dallas and a sister who lives in my hometown. We talk on Voxer a lot. Uh, We talk on the phone some, but again, just, gosh, when everybody's lives are busy, it's like this is such a more convenient way to communicate. Um, The great thing, too, about Voxer is you can have groups on there. It's not just individuals talking to individuals. If you've got a group of people like you and I, we're in a a blogging mastermind group. We have a a group on, on Voxer. I've heard quite a few other bloggers mentioned that their mastermind groups either are only on Voxer or uh, they have like a sort of Voxer spinoff group um, for people who would rather be Voxing instead of um, on Facebook or wherever their sort of mastermind group is. Um, I have a group of friends from high school. There's just four of us that are super close. We used to, uh, back in the days of email, speaking of that, we would have these long, 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 long conversations on email, just totally really long in-depth conversations that has now sort of moved over to Voxer. Um, And the funny thing too, Rebecca, is one of my very closest friends, the one who was babysitting my uh, kids when I found out I was having twins, um, she and I live literally five minutes from each other in Oklahoma City. We both have kids that are, you know, in that busy stage of life. We hardly ever get to sit down and hang out, but we are on Voxer every single day. So it's not just for people that you want to keep up with that have moved across the country or whatever. It can Mm -hmm. literally be your friends that are right there in town that you just don't see enough of. Right, right. And I know you have a friend who's in Ireland right now doing mission work. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the one who actually got me started with oh, okay. and told mm-hmm. me about it. And it's been fantastic because it can work on Wi-Fi. Yes. And so I communicate with her on Voxer all the time. It's been our main source of communication while she's been overseas. And it's fantastic. It's yeah. just really, really wonderful. I also, I use it a lot for um, the group chats. Mm-hmm. We have one that's for like our small group, um, my friends from church. I have... One, um, we did one for, we were planning a party. And so all of us just started like a separate one just for the logistics of that. I just heard last night that some of my friends have one that's all their siblings and their sibling spouses. There's like six of them on chat and it's just siblings. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I even used it in, I do some consulting from time to time with my blog and I have used it for clients. So you can even use it as a professional resource and way to communicate. It's just really wonderful. There's, there's all kinds of different features with it. You can, when you're listening, you can speed up when somebody's talking. So if somebody talks really slow Uh or if Uh you have a lot of messages that you want to catch up on, you can speed it up. Mm -hmm. Um, You can send pictures. You can also send text messages within the app. Mm -hmm. I just, I love that there can be loud 
loud, noisy chaos happening all over my house. And I can sneak into the bathroom and leave a quick message to continue a conversation I'm having with somebody and then listen to the response whenever I have a moment to like sneak back into the bathroom or something. And it doesn't disrupt the chaos. I don't have to be on the phone for 15 minutes, 30 minutes catching up with a friend. Yeah. Which is wonderful to do. I feel like it's so like life giving to me to have this way that I can connect with my girlfriends, that I can, you know, keep in touch, but I can do it around the chaos of my home. It's Absolutely. it's phenomenal. And you know what's really great too, since you can kind of do it on your own time. I mean, like you and I are extroverts. We have a lot of words. We talk to each other a lot, and it doesn't bother like I feel like you and I are never like, I'm sorry I talked so long about this. <laughs> No, I never say that. I have a friend who constantly says, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm rambling. And I'm like, oh, honey child, you must (laughs) must hate my boxes because I never like apologize for talking too much. I think Voxer will stop you. I think it's at 15 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Yes. (laughs) There is a 15 minute limit. I have run up against that 15 minute limit a few times. I'm not going to lie. I have have tested the limits. It's 15 minutes. It cuts you off. It's like you're done. That's enough. Um, But the thing is, too, like I have a lot of friends who are introverts who maybe don't always feel like talking. I mean, that can be a lot. That can be a really big expenditure of energy for an introvert. So I really appreciate the fact that if they look at that and it's like, oh, another 10 minute Vox from Megan, I I can't handle this right now. (laughs) They can listen to it whenever they're up for it. Kind of Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, if you to find people, if you mm, sign mm-hmm. up, I think you can connect your Facebook account. Yes. Yeah. And so it will automatically tell you who in your life is already on Voxer. Yes, and will. that can be an easy way to to start get started with Voxer. Yes. And then everybody has a specific username. So mm-hmm. let's say you want to start it with your girlfriend who's moving across the country. You guys just need to make sure that you tell each other yes. what your username is. And then you can search for anybody and find them and just start a conversation. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So fun. Um, My thing too that I was going to say, I have a couple of tips just really quickly, um, things that make it easier for me to use. The first thing I would recommend people to do when you're new to the app is to go through your settings first and look at the different options that are available. One thing that I always tell people to do is to select the option for tap to talk Right. Because when you uh, are using Voxer, the interface really is like a walkie-talkie in that if you don't turn on tap to talk, you have to hold down on the like sort of walkie-talkie talk button, (laughs) which doesn't make sense if you're not looking at this screen right now. (laughs) But if you were looking at it, it would totally make sense. But so if you turn on tap to talk, then you literally just hit the button um, on the screen and then, or I guess you tap it on the screen, and then you can start talking like that. Now... Here's a problem I've run into because I have uh, sort of round cheeks. And so I can't, if I have it on tap to talk, I can't hold it up to my um, ear the way I would if I was just talking on the phone because the screen is really sensitive and it'll just turn it off. So um, for a long time, I just held up my mic looking at me like, Huh. Well, I always just like why why yeah, why do you why do you hold it up to your ear? Like if you're doing something, like if you're trying to like make sandwiches for lunch and you're like trying okay. to hold it on your shoulder you know like I'm doing okay. right now yeah I've never done that I always just like hold the phone up to like well, my mouth yes. or whatever but it's also loud enough that 
when you press the button, you can like leave it like sitting on a table and you can just like talk louder and it will like pick up the sound of your voice too. I never knew that. Well, (laughs) I should do that more often. But um, yeah, so then I would just hold it like a walkie talkie. I did that for a long time. Then the other day I was like, I'm just going to try and see if when I have my earbuds in, my Apple earbuds Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the mic on, will this work? And I was testing it with you. (laughs) I was testing it with you. I was like, oh, look, I can just have my earbuds in and just talk and the microphone picks it up and Rebecca's like, um, I do that all the time. <laughs> it was like this huge epiphany for me. And then surprise, yeah, Apple makes something that works. <laughs> <laughs> Megan's like, I didn't, I didn't know if I could trust the microphone. I didn't yeah, trust yeah, the yeah, microphone, you can, but you now can. I do. You can totally do that now. I mean, not now, like you've always been able to do that, but now that's <laughs> right. how I do it. Um, also, you can, one other setting that, um, I don't know if this turned on by default or not. I don't remember turning this on but it's on on mine, is called music support. And it basically just means that if you're listening to music or if you're listening to a podcast or whatever, and you get a Vox from somebody, it will not let Voxer interrupt what you're listening to. Does that make sense? Yes. So anyway, those are just a few of my tips. Um, Now, sometimes, as you and I both know, it can be a little glitchy and a little buggy. I mean, it's not perfect, but you know what? It's free and it is... I don't know. I'm like you. It has added so much to my life. So especially. Oh, and make sure. Sorry. Make sure you turn the notifications on because when you first sign up, you want to be notified when somebody's talking because otherwise they can kind of get you. You won't know when you have a message. So make sure that you have that turned on. My husband just got restarted with Boxer and I turned on his notifications and he's like, oh, I have 11 messages. I'm like, oh, only 11. Like sometimes I have like 25, 50. (laughs) Those are extrovert problems, Rebecca. Not everybody has that. Um, What was I going to say? Well, shoot. Oh, well, what I was going to say actually is, since I am um, an extrovert, but I've got small children and don't always get to get out and go have coffee dates or meet friends for lunch or do all of those things that I would like to do um, to get that personal interaction time in that has really um, brings me energy and helps me recharge. It's just been so super handy to have this little app that does that, so... Okay, so that is our awesome of the week, both of us, and we spent a long time on that, so we are going to buzz right into our question and answer segment, which we do every week. And just as a reminder, again, you can go to sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com, click on the Ask Us link, and that will give you the space that you need to send in a question. And we love to take these listener questions. We don't always necessarily have the uh, the perfect answer, but we can sure take a stab at it to give you our answers and bring a little awesome to your life. So we have um, we have a couple. The first that we're going to take on, Rebecca and I are going to take these on. These are these have to do with um, some natural living practices. Now, Rebecca and I are both what I would consider sort of crunchy people. Um, neither mm-hmm. of us are completely out and out 100% crunchy. Neither of us are 100% sort of mainstream, I guess you could say. The first question is about oil pulling. Now, if you are not familiar with oil pulling, let me give you a quick rundown. It's basically the idea of using um, some kind of an oil. People generally use something like coconut oil. And you swish that in your mouth, um, generally in the morning. Um, you're supposed to work up to doing it, is it 15 or 20 minutes at a time? I think, I would say at least 15. I think it's 15. 
Yeah. You swish it around in your mouth for 15 minutes. And the idea is that it pulls toxins and bacteria and other bad stuff for your teeth out of your teeth into the oil. And then at the end of 15 minutes or however long you do it for, you spit the oil out because it's gunky and yucky and you spit it out, get it out of your teeth. And the idea is that you're taking care of your teeth, healing your teeth, and also bringing toxins out of your body as a whole. Right. So that's the general idea behind oil pulling. Rebecca, have you ever tried oil pulling? Do you have any experience here? I have not tried it. Now, here is the reason why. I am a bit of a night owl, and Mm -hmm. I really struggle with waking up in the morning and with waking up before my children. So I often wake up to my children, Mm -hmm. like somebody wakes me up, or I wake up and then I need to immediately like go wake up Grace to get her ready for school. And with oil pulling, you're supposed to do it for it to be the most effective. I believe you're supposed to do it first thing in the morning. Yes. And then, like you said, you're supposed to do it for 15 minutes, swishing this oil around your mouth. So that means that I would not be able to speak to my children for the first 15 minutes, which just logistically isn't happening very well. So simply put, I have not prioritized Mm. trying it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about oil pulling, and I'm going to try to keep it really short since we have, again, we still have more to cover in the show. Um, I'm just going to say I've always been skeptical about it. And you all have to remember, I am the daughter of a dentist. I grew up with very conventional approaches to uh, oral hygiene and dental care and those types of things. So when oil pulling began to be sort of a thing in the natural living community, I was giving it major side eye. Like, I don't think that's legit. (laughs) I'm just going to be really honest about that. Then earlier this year, at the beginning of the year, Um, First of all, also, I am the daughter of a dentist, but I have really bad teeth. Um, I think, and my dad has even said this, that a lot of it is just hereditary. I just, like, our our part of the family just has bad um, dental problems. So I have a tooth um, on my uh, lower jaw that got an abscess. And I did not want to go to the dentist because I also have dentist anxiety. Oh, dear. <laughs> like, let me share all of my dental problems with you all today. <laughs> uh, but I really did not want to go just for a lot of reasons. A lot. It's too complicated. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But I did not want to go to the dentist. I reached out to some super crunchy friends of mine, uh, one who I knew would be able to direct me in what to do. And she actually sent me to her sister, who is a holistic health and healing coach. And actually, she and I voxed about it. And so she recommended oil pulling to me and then also to take um, cloves of raw garlic whole. Well, you have to cut them up, but to swallow those um, cloves of garlic because garlic is a natural antibiotic. And I was like, okay, okay, I am skeptical about this, but I'm going to try it because I really did not want to go to the dentist. That's how badly I didn't want to go in for this abscessed tooth. Right. Now, I have to say, too, it had not gotten to the point yet where it was hurting me. But I could feel the, the um, well, I'm just not going to be gross about it. I could feel the abscess forming. We'll just okay. leave it at that. So I did it. I started chopping up garlic. I was taking that several times a day, just, again, just swallowing it whole. And I started doing oil pulling. And I, I don't know that I did it first thing. No, I couldn't have because I'm like you. I, I have to get up and get girls ready in the morning. So I think I was doing it after the girls left for school. And then because I was actively trying to treat something, I did it several times during the day. After a week, it was starting to improve. And then after two weeks, it was totally gone. Oh, fantastic. So I have to say, I am I'm a believer. I'm converted. Now, I don't do it on a regular basis, though. I, I'm still a toothbrusher. 
just on a sensory level, I like the feeling of freshly brushed teeth. I like the toothpaste. I know you're, I know that's not a really crunchy thing that, you know, well, lots but of, people who do oil, oil pulling, they don't brush their teeth then? I thought that some people I think don't. a lot of people. Oh, okay. Some it depends on what your thoughts are. There's a whole thing, and I'll I'll throw out some links if you're interested in this. I'm going to throw some links out there. You can kind of do the research on your own and see if it's something you want to look into. Some people probably do still brush their teeth. Or they just use a natural, a natural based toothpaste or like baking soda or something. Right. Okay. I like. I know. It's like I can't let go of that part of my upbringing where I'm just like I just I like the ADA seal of approval on things. <laughs> well, and that's where I think like it, sometimes things just need to be like good enough. Like yeah. it's fantastic to even just try oil pulling. That doesn't yeah. mean that you sh- need to give up your yeah. Colgate or Crest. I mean, you can yeah. give it a try and still take that little baby step and see how it works for you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And, exactly. and at least in my book. Well, that's how it is in my book, as you very well know. Okay, so let's move to the next one. Also a natural living question, uh, asking us what we think about the no-poo method of hair care, which is to say shampoo-free, giving up the shampoo, giving up the conditioner, doing some kind of natural-based hair care. Um, Most people who do this, like sort of the standard is to use um, sort of a baking soda mixture, baking soda and water to cleanse your hair, and then you use apple cider vinegar for conditioning. Rebecca, you have a beautiful, beautiful head of curly hair. Uh, I have so much hair. (laughs) I'm looking at you right now. I'm feeling like no poo might not be a good choice for you. Have you tried it? I have not tried it. Okay. So I'm I'm not I'm really on the sorta side of yeah. the sorta crunchy today. Um no, I haven't tried it. And here is the reason why. Um when you do that method, your hair will go through a period of detox where you're gonna need to it's it because what what you're doing is you're teaching your hair, reteaching it like how much oil. It yes. needs to be producing mm-hmm. your, your scalp and stuff because we wash our hair, we strip the oils away, and then it produces more oil. So when you go to the no poo method with the baking soda and the vinegar, it's it's not as abrasive. It doesn't wash away all of that oil. And so, so you can go through a period of time where your hair is extremely greasy mm-hmm. and you just need to kind of like push through it. And also, you need to figure out that correct balance of exactly how much baking soda you need for your hair type and this and that. And to be honest, that's kind of scared me. Yeah. Um, the it's detox. It's a commitment. It, it is. Well, yeah. And the fact that, like, because somebody, this amount of baking soda is the perfect amount for them, but it might not be the perfect amount for you, like, that. That kind of, that I, I'm too lazy. I kind of want somebody <laughs> to give me like the perfect recipe to be like, you need exactly like two tablespoons right. or whatever. Yeah. So that, that was discouraging to me. And I also have heard that it can be exceptionally difficult to find the correct balance for you if you have hard water. And I live in oh, a town yeah. that is known for having very hard water. So again, I felt like it was just another hurdle and another roadblock for me that I, I wasn't, I was too lazy to jump over. Um, now, recently, I have been reading more blog posts by people who have tried going no poo, and then they have had poor results over time. They have no damage right. to their hair. Have you heard of that, Megan? 
I have. I have. Um, I I have tried. I've, I feel like I've made some valiant efforts towards no poo because I really do, you know, want to try to get rid of the, the chemicals and whatever toxins we have in our home. If, if, if it's something as simple as like switching a hair care routine, I'm going to try it. And I've tried it two or three different times. And it's not just the transition phase. Like my hair just like wigs out. Well, I mean, so to speak, wigs out. <laughs> um, but it just, it won't tolerate it. And, and again, I understand that there's transition. One thing that going no poo did help me to do was I transitioned away. I used to feel like I had to wash my hair every single day. Now, after my different experiments with with trying no poo, I have cut down to where I only wash my hair like maybe maybe three times a week. It doesn't get okay. as greasy as it used to when I was washing it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just cannot seem to make it work for me. But our friend Beth, who writes a blog called um, Red and Honey, she has this gorgeous, naturally red hair. It's so beautiful, so shiny. And she was doing the no poo thing with the baking soda and apple cider vinegar routine for a long time. And she was, was really like, loving it. Yeah, for she yeah, a long she would, time. she blogged updates on it. She talked about it a lot. I think it was just last month. It was like really recently that she said basically she's not she had to stop doing it. And I was reading her blog post. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. But they had gone to like an indoor water park place um and had gone swimming and so her hair got you know obviously chlorine in it um quite a bit over the weekend and again I'll, I'll throw a link in the show notes so you can read the full story of it but essentially it comes down to after that exposure to, to chlorine she went back and tried to do her routine again and it just like it was not happening her hair was actually splitting and breaking and was dull and so what she the conclusion she ultimately came to was that after all those months of the baking soda, apple cider, vinegar routine, um, that it was like slowly weakening her hair. And then after the chlorine exposure, it was just like her hair was, it couldn't, it didn't the have damage. Yeah, the damage yeah. like really became evident. Um, so now she does some things that I think are called more like low poo, where you just are like super vigilant about um, not having a lot of dangerous or like toxic kinds of uh chemicals and stuff in the shampoo. So I know there are people out there who have done this successfully for, you know, a long time. So what I'm going to say is if you have a good experience with uh, the no poo method, or if you want to talk about oil pulling or anything that we've talked about so far, we have another question that we're going to get to in just a minute, but I'm just going to throw out there. You can find us on Facebook in our sort of awesome hangout group. We've already got quite a good little crowd gathering over there. That's where we're going to be really going in depth and discussing some of these uh, listener questions from each show, because I know everybody has opinions. Right. I want to hear them. Yeah. Everybody has their experiences and things that they would have said and how they would have answered these different listener questions. So if you're listening and you're like, yay, oil oil pulling or yay, no poo, and you want to tell us your success stories with these things, find us on facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. And let's talk about this stuff. Um, because I'm sure some people out there have better stories than we do. Okay, last question, and we will wrap it up. Now, this one is a little bit longer, and um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of read the highlights. Um, she writes, "My question is a little hard to express, but I think it could make for a good discussion, and I think it will." Um, 
she talks about being Christian and being a part of the Methodist faith and that she and her husband love good art and sharp writing. They like to watch people like John Stewart and John Oliver and Stephen Colbert and um, how much they really value good storytelling. Um, even if that storytelling goes into a dark or depraved place, when it has to for the story to fully round out the story, to make the story human, they don't mind that. And then, so she writes, of course, sometimes all of the above has content that could curl your hair. How do you make decisions about what you want to invite into your imagination, your eyes and ears? She says, I can't find any consistency in myself in this. We're currently devouring the third season of House of Cards. But after a few episodes, I could not continue with Boardwalk Empire, though there were things about it I greatly admired. She says, I've been hesitant to start Breaking Bad, but we are counting the weeks until the next season of Orphan Black. And then she writes for the question is, do you just go with your gut? Do you have parameters? How does this work? Do you have hard and fast rules or definite no's for yourself? So that's a really good question. Um, it is a good question. I think it's something that a lot of people, because we have, golly, such a variety of entertainment that we can, you know, consume these days. It's something that I think a lot of people have really had to figure out what works best for them. So what are your thoughts, Rebecca? Well, for myself, I, so I, I really feel for her. I too would say that I'm perhaps on the fence about some of the things. Um, like for example, she said she, she couldn't bring herself to watch or, um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. I have heard so many wonderful things about Breaking Bad and like the storyline of it and the characters of it. I tried it and I could not get past the second episode. Um, for those who have seen it, the bathtub scene just was like too much for <laughs> yeah. me to handle. Yeah, and yeah, for those who've seen it, you'll you'll know what I mean. Yeah. And for those who have not, just think just be grateful that you don't know what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> It just was too gory. It was, yeah, yeah. I think is what it was for yeah. me. It was t- it was too gory and it was just too much. But then I watched all of Orange is the New Black and I really enjoyed it. And that's another one that is a very gritty mm-hmm. type of show. Yeah. I I feel like every everybody has like their own triggers. Mm. You know, for some bad language really is a problem for them or they can't handle it. You you hear too much of it and you you think it in your mind and then you start saying it more and more and like that's like a trigger. I think for others like gore or horror, um, violence, uh, nudity and sexual acts. Like I think we all kind of have the things that more deeply affect us than others. And I I don't really have any hard fast rules for myself. I just try to go with my gut with what those are. So Orange is the New Black is something that I watched and enjoyed. Um, Breaking Bad got put on the shelf as much as I wanted to watch it. I heard it was fantastic. I just couldn't do it. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey, I did not read it. I am not watching the movie. It's just you – I think, yeah, just going with your gut is is a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> And I had to, I'm so sorry, I, I didn't put um, our listener's name in the question, or in my notes. This question is from Missy. So, um, Missy, again, thank you so much for such a great question. And I have to say, I, I really agree with Rebecca on this, because I think that um, knowing your boundaries and knowing the things that 
upset you or like you said just cause you cause your um your mind to go in directions that you are not comfortable with as um a person who's self-aware as a person who's an adult i think I think that all of us should trust that in ourselves. Um, you know, if you are of the Christian faith, you might think of it even as just like the Holy Spirit helping you to know, um, like, this is not good for you. This is not healthy for you. I'm like you. I loved Orange is the New Black. I have talked that up to so many of my friends. I think that the storytelling is so powerful. The women's stories and and um, the writing, the acting is phenomenal. But I do know that there are people the first sh- the first episode of that show in particular it's pretty explicit it is and so i know that there are people that are like i don't even see how you can watch that show that um, is exactly what happened to me one of my girlfriends watched it and she's like rebecca like are you serious oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but i do i mean i'm not sure what the you know producers uh sort of motive was in making the first episode that explicit and that shocking, maybe just to sort of like set the tone of like, if you can't handle this episode, this show is not for you kind of thing. I think that's a pretty good barometer, really. Um, But we sort of powered through it. And then uh, the rest of the series, as it played out, I still think about those characters. And there's a new season starting in June. And I'm so excited about it because I have developed such deep affection and appreciation for the characters in Orange is the New Black. It's one of my favorites. But there are other shows that everyone seems to really enjoy that I'm just like, I can't do it. If it involves anything, anything where children are abused or killed Mm. or anything like that in any small way, I have a really big problem with it. Um, Serial killer stuff, can't do it. Uh, Even some just like ghost story stuff, even though I feel like most horror movies today are more gory than like ghostly, but I still get spooked easily. I am almost 38 years old. (laughs) I live in a really old house. It's really noisy and I will get spooked. And so I know for myself, even though I am a full grown adult and I should be able to handle a ghost story, I can't. So I don't watch them and I don't read them. (laughs) You know, I honestly, I get upset at some of the commercials that are on. Yes. Like after eight o'clock, like my kids might still be awake at like eight thirty, and you know if we're just like flipping around, you have to be. I get I get so angry for myself, not even just for the kids, but like for myself to see some of the commercials. Yeah, it's you know it's really hard, and I think I, I think like the key is maybe just to pray about it and to you know, trust, trust what God is telling you for it. You know, it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, when I was in high school and the debate of, are you allowed, is it okay as a Christian to listen to secular music or do you have to listen to like only Christian music? Um, I think that there are things in this world that you can appreciate, even if it doesn't have a Christian label on it. Totally. Yes. I mean, if you like Monet, I mean, that doesn't have like a Christian label on his art, you know, but I think, yeah, you just have to go with, with what your gut is and with what, you know, with what God's whispering to you. And, um, you know, if you don't feel comfortable or if you're doubting, then that might be a sign that it's not the best for you. Yeah. And just trust that and be okay with it, even though everybody around you seems to be talking about something. Um, I think the hard part for Kyle and I is I am so much more sensitive to those things. And he, like, he loves a psychological thriller. And if it involves a serial killer story, it doesn't bother him. So that's been really hard for us to navigate because 
um, I know what my own personal boundaries are and they're different from his, but hanging out together and watching like Netflix shows or whatever in the evenings is sort of our bonding time too. So we've had to just kind of like figure out how we're going to navigate that as a couple. And I would never say to him like, how can you watch this? I can't stand it. You're sinning or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You sinner. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I would never do that because I trust the the work of the Holy Spirit within him. So if he's not feeling like that thing of just like, this is not good and healthy for you, then I'm not going to be the one to be like, this is not good and healthy for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I just fully trust that he will be able to, uh, you know, know what his own boundaries and parameters are in the same way that I do. It just becomes then a sort of practical matter of us trying to figure out, uh, you know, if he really wants to watch this show and I really don't. So like, how do we do that? So, you know, it just might mean that we watch, that we do something different in the evenings or we find something different to watch. And I watch my thing later or during the day or he does or whatever. We've just kind of, I don't know, just work it out. But that's the right. really the only time that we, that has kind of been like, huh, this is, yeah, I don't know how we, how we're going to do this, but eventually we just figured it out. So, so Yeah. You have any other thoughts on that? I don't think so. Okay. We have, like I said, I told you at the top of the show, we had a lot to cover today and we sure have. So I think we are going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. But before we go, Rebecca, remind our friends out there who are listening where we can find you around the way. I I mean, not your actual, you don't give us your address. No, that (laughs) would be, that's inappropriate. But where can we find you on the internet? Yes, I blog at simplyrebecca.com, and then you can find me everywhere by just searching for Simply Rebecca. Okay. Pinterest, YouTube, everywhere. All the places, Simply Rebecca. Okay, we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks again for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. If you are enjoying the show, it would be so totally awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. And maybe even tell a friend about the show too. Don't forget, if you have feedback about this episode, you can find me on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Meg. And I've created a place just for us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout and join us there. I'm so very excited about creating a community where you'll get a chance to share your own Awesome of the Week, as well as how you would have answered our listener questions. Once again, that's Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook, and you'll find it listed as a closed group, not a regular fan page. And I can't wait to meet you there. I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.